motherfucker. Welcome back to A Simple Favor, the podcast where we, your host, discuss a simple favor in what some have called obsessive detail um, and what we call a normal, you know, Saturday afternoon for us. I am Christina Tucker, writer, internet homosexual, and with me are my co-hosts as ever. Why don't we go ahead and introduce our co-hosts? I will, I will go first on that. Hello, it is me again, Jordan Cruciola, uh, writer, independent producer, simple favor, passionate enthusiast, and happy to be here. And I am Alana Bennett, culture writer and screenwriter. You can see my work on Roswell, New Mexico, and maybe other things at some point. <laughs> and, Ooh, tease them. Uh, yeah, we are here. We are happy to be here with a legend in our eyes. Yes. <laughs> we say, are happy folks, to, we're yeah. not in the room alone today. This is no. this is a this is a, a new uh, configuration. Uh, and I, I hear you saying you guys talked about costumes pretty recently. Why would you re <laughs> why would you revisit this? And let me tell you, friends, it's because mm -hmm. we have a, a special guest in the room. Have we decided if our guest is going to introduce themselves or if I'm doing it because I've already forgotten? Let's be honest. <laughs> I will. I will. I will give a a a drum roll and say that the real the beating heart of of a simple favor is here with us today. Costume designer Renee Ehrlich Kalfas. Thank you for joining us, Renee. Say hello to the folks at home. Thank you for having me. This is the most fun hearing you talk about this movie with this kind of passion. And honestly, getting my, my input, my work as the costume designer is, it's fantastic. You, you all get it. Um, <laughs> And I guess I'm putting that in my email signature. Yeah, I get it. I, 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 I've been told I get it. So question, question your questioning of me ever. <laughs> and I, I, I won't, uh, I won't put it on you to to do some of your credits. But you have, you were the costume designer for the film Chocolat, uh, Hidden, famously Hidden Figures, um, Baby Mama, like. I, I will let, if you have ones that you want to especially shout out that were like especially important to you, I could go down this long list of credits. Um, <laughs> you've worked with Paul Feig multiple times now, but this was your guys' first project together. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, how, welcome, 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 welcome to the show. <laughs> Truly welcome. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I have, those are some of my favorites. I can go way back to something that I, one of my first pictures was What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Right, oh, yeah. right. Yes. Uh, I suggest to all young people. Uh, and, um, and I do love Cider House Rules. I just mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Real, some some really, good looks in that, yeah. But then, you know, I love all the new stuff too. And, you know, you just have to keep moving forward, right? Well, I definitely dress for the occasion by wearing my favorite Taylor Swift merchandise <laughs> Sorry, because I take very seriously your costuming acumen and I was like, I should really look good for this. <laughs> I should wear a power outfit. Totally. You look great. <laughs> but the, truth is, the truth is, is that's how we start. We go, oh, what would these journalists slash screenwriters mm -hmm. slash are you other things uh, slash slash? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I have to research that. Right, of course. That's like my job. 
How is, how is life treating you? How are you? You know, the good news is, is that I have been working with Paul, the divine Paul B. The divine Paul B. Ooh. I want to know everything. I understand if you you won't spill everything, but I want to know absolutely everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So S, I should shut. I'm going to keep quiet now. You can ask me some questions. This movie, uh, it kind of, it breaks the mold in various ways that we've already talked about in this podcast, the sort of genre blending and breaking people's expectations of that. I think upending expectations, uh, upending expectations about that people might have about Paul Feig. And I wanted to hear, I, you know, I think it would be great to hear from you, Renee, about subverting expectation and playing with what people are going to assume about a hyper-feminine president's presence, yes. like a Blake Lively, and yes. then how the, you know, how that aesthetic came together and how it worked in conversation with her sort of perfect foil in Anna Kendrick's Stephanie. Perfect, perfect setup. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that one of the one of the key things was this very first conversation that I had with Blake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't met her. We were saying hello. We were going to start talking about the character. Uh, I said that. Uh, she was, you know, you're Blake Lively playing this really seriously flawed, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even damaged character. Mm-hmm. And um, what are what are people going to expect from you and us in this movie? And um, I said, you know, they're going to want to see your legs, right? They always. <laughs> <laughs> you know, net net, you know, like, come on, Blake, they, you know, right. And she goes, I know. And she goes, I don't really want to do that. And I go, I love men suiting. And she goes, yes, I was going to say, I want men suiting. And then I said, somebody should dress like Paul. I mean, Paul is like the divine, you know, Savile Row, uh, sartorial example. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's more powerful and sexy, quite frankly, than a woman in a suit? I don't have a counter argument I, for that. Yeah, there's going to be no <laughs> argument from agree. any of us on <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Uh-huh. But you can, imagine, you can imagine that there are many people out there who say, look, you're going to take Lake Lively, you're going to make her the you know, primary character with Anna Kendrick in a movie, mm-hmm. and they're spending a lot of money, and... We got to show these girls off. You often get that. Mm-hmm. And then we went mm-hmm. to Paul instantly. And Paul goes, yep, do it. It's great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, then we put our heads together. And, you know, I can't exactly remember, but I think I answered this question somewhere before. Paul is very good friends uh, with people, PR people at Ralph Lauren. That makes sense. As, yep. As tracks. I think. As I think Blake was or became, everybody. I would, I would assume, yeah, that, yeah, that feels sure. all intuitive to me. <laughs> yeah. And so what I asked them, it, it's known that they never lend anything, Ralph Lauren. And I okay. spoke to the guy and I said, you know, I'm interested, the things that I'm interested in are, are archival. Mm-hmm. I like to put the older suits that were like sort of from, I can't remember exactly, I want to say, 2000, 2005, 2008, somewhere in there, he was doing these sort of much more uh, man tailoring, I would say. Mm. And we went into this archival stuff and like pulled this stuff. And that's mainly 
with the exception, I think, of the tuxedo and a few exceptions, mm -hmm. the suiting was his, and it was like, you know, dead on. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, it really I was. I was wondering, like, <laughs> it really was. was. Well, did, you, did you tailor the suit specifically to Blake? Because that's something I wonder a lot when I watch, just because I'm like, yes. can I just go out and like put the, put this stuff on and look like Blake Lively, or do no. I have to go out and put it and like and Someone like have to throw a dart in there? I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I spend enough money, can this happen off the rack? <laughs> if I spend enough, you know how many questions I had about that? Where can I buy the suit? How can I look at that? The answer. Is no, I'm really sorry to say. <laughs> uh, one of the things was that we do, we did, we did do some serious tailoring that was mm -hmm. gentle tailoring because yeah, he doesn't sure. do it as well. Right, right, right. sure. Because uh, it all went back to archival stuff. I mean, generally, you could have a suit made for yourself that mm -hmm. way, uh, but suits are really hard for women. Yeah. 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 As you know, I mean, if you have any kind of curves of any kind or any kind of short waist, the back bumps and the, mm -hmm. and in fact, when we do put suits on men as costume designers, we tailor them all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So just saying, yeah. it's not, it's not that easy to wear a suit, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Do you have Ooh. advice? For any of us <laughs> to go yeah, out. For any of us. I don't know who any... Alana could be talking about. Yeah, to the public Anybody service aspect of our podcast right now. <laughs> I know that's uh, what a lot of people like. They want to go as, you know, Blake in that uh, that white suit in the graveyard for like Halloween. I, some people. Beautiful. <laughs> doing a lot of work for you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a costume. That is a costume that you can get. So maybe you could try mm. that. Look That's true, but I also, I want to wear it to, like, meetings. <laughs> oh, I get that. She's, she's like, I by Halloween, it. I mean for work. For, yeah, like, so, every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could do something like, you know, how hard it is to find a pair of jeans. You could try on a bunch of jackets. Mm -hmm. You could keep trying it on, maybe a double-breasted, a little wider, you know, maybe you, maybe you just felt it if you, yeah. you try and you make it your own. A lot of, I, you just got to get a fully bespoke suit. I think that's, yeah, I think I think that's, that's, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's, that's your new time. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think if that's on your, you know, in your heart's mind, then you should have that in your life. One I really think it's an investment in yourself, personally. Mm -hmm. And again, it's an investment in your future Emmy. <laughs> well, I, anytime I'm I'm, uh, I go to any premiere, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a jacket and pants. Um, and if you're leading the way in such a fashion, then we should, I mean, we should all be following. We'll, we'll fall right in line. Don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, one thing I wanted to, one thing I wanted to hear from you about was there's such, one of the coolest things about the costumes in this with, you know, between Stephanie and Emily is their evolution over the course of the story. Like they obviously each have a signature sort of look, a signature energy, but we, we see so, we get so much visual information from where they're at emotionally in this movie as it goes on with what they're wearing. And I wanted to hear from you about like working in concert with that narrative story and the costume story and how it was like, okay, well now we're gonna put Blake in the Stepford dress. And in this moment where it's the brother fucker scene, we're gonna have her in her more masculine attire as like Paul was telling us, while Stephanie is more in the, in the basically that same housewife version of the dress and they're having their sort of like happy husband and wife at home moment with, moment with martinis in the afternoon. So I, I wanted to hear from like driving the story in that way with the costuming. You should see what it's like in the fitting room. It's a oh. very, Ooh. 
it's so, I mean, that's a whole other inside the sort of closet, outside the closet. Yes. If you want to go metaphorically. I think it's that's a pilot. Uh, we should write that pilot. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I want to, I want more than costume designing it, but it is so yeah. fascinating. It's truly, it's truly, you know, uh, it, it's just a psychological, amazing thing that happens and um, things get discovered and things. Well, my bet. question, I wonder, like now that you, I hadn't thought about it before, but it, of course it would make so much sense. You, you hear about, there's sort of like the fabled relationship between the stylist or the glam person and the, and the talent. And there, you know, you're spending intimate time with these people and it's a lot of time in a chair. Is it a similar thing in wardrobe? Like you said, you have this time in the fitting room. Is it a similar kind of dynamic where it sort of becomes this like special extra connection between you and talent because of the sort of context you have them in? I actually think it's quite different. Okay, mm. okay. Uh, I, think that, I think that hair and makeup often is a posse, right? You yeah, yeah. There seems to be a squad. Yeah. <laughs> now, costume designers come out and come about it in a much more critical way in uh -huh. that we're really talking about character. Yeah. And, you know, what uh, we can be both intimidating and helpful. In uh -huh. a sense. Because what we're doing is we're going like, so you're going to play this crazy, you know, person who uh -huh. we're, we're speaking specifically now simple favor yeah sure. yeah uh, sure <laughs> who works for this amazing designer and like what are what are the aspects that we need to talk about and so when you get them on that level they really want you okay and so the collaboration is a little different it's it's a little more it's different Mm -hmm. yeah. and, then you're dealing, and then you're dealing with either how easy it is to throw something on somebody like Blake Lively. It was <laughs> seriously heaven for me in that I could, <laughs> I could throw anything on her. And, and also, she, we built a confidence together whereby yeah. she owned it. And yeah. she mm -hmm. owned that character, too. Yeah. I mean, I I came quite, that was clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just rewatched it, which I don't like doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't believe how both those uh, actors own their stuff. They just embody it, like yeah. yeah. It's they truly what it. it's truly what like, like Paul did such a wonderful job, and, and and the script between him and Jessica Scharzer. But I feel like you know what ties it all together, what the rug that really ties the room together, and what brings <laughs> us here today is how those two bonded in character like that, and mm -hmm. were so they so utterly embodied their dynamic. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's, it's one of my favorite like one two performance yeah. like I I, yeah, I that I absolutely. know. Of. One fell swoop and the two most important men in my life were gone. Normally, sad stories don't get to me for that one. That one did. That was brutal. I don't talk about it a lot, especially with people I just met. I'm really sorry. Oh, baby, if you apologize again, I'm gonna have to slap the sorry out of you. It's very very good, and I only really you know I saw it at the premiere. I only just saw it last night and I realized, wow. And what's interesting is just to backtrack and bring it back to the costumes, there was a tremendous amount of interplay that I wanted to have with the costumes where yes. I played with, you know, you mentioned the, I call it the Stepford wife dress mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. she wears with the masculine pinstripe wool um, suit. Yes. Yep. In amazing amounts of like men's yep 
a lot of the a lot of the jewelry was men's jewelry as well, vintage. Ooh. Oh, okay, Ooh. very yeah. cool. It, they were tie pins and mm-hmm. um, um, watch fobs, and mm-hmm. you know, and it was just an interesting mix. I love man tailored stuff anyway, and we can talk mm-hmm. about how that sort of got generated. Yes, but that particular like crinoline that she wore under that dress. Mm-hmm. We have the Stepford moment wife moment at the end in the blue dress on Blake, she, it was the same crinoline. Mm-hmm. It's like a subliminal thing you saw. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It comes through. It reads. Well, you all got it. I mean, you all like got yes. this. Whoa. We are Touchdown. truly power watchers. We are <laughs> yeah. power watchers of but, a single thing. Also, you bring in such interesting, I should shut up because you probably have the most interesting questions. I said to Paul, we had a Zoom thing because we're working on something. I said, how'd you do with those? How'd you do on your podcast? <laughs> and Cindy goes, I know. They really got down there. It was so much fun. Uh, yes, that's what we aim for. I love I, I'm so, I, and I, it's such a luxury of having been able to do this is people are quarantined. I feel like they're, they're maybe looking for things to fill their time a little bit at this <laughs> long haul stage. And it's off news peg. So it's not like people have been in the churn of talking about it over and over again. And we are like, we are all journalists or have been journalists at one point or another. So we're very trained in how to do these things, but we get to approach it from this specific perspective, from a fan point of view. So we get to bring like our training and our sort of deep dive tendencies to bring into this while just being passionate about something and not really having an editorial mission larger than just getting to unpack this thing, Mm -hmm. this big, beautiful present that we get to take the bow off and then now we get to look inside and find all the things i love it i think that's actually a good way to talk about what he did he has a way of thinking that is so uniquely left of center and his own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he can put together so many levels of uh, of a story and ultimately the takeaway was I'm going to fucking entertain you. Yes. 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 And I I was the first time I worked with Paul and Mm -hmm. he really wanted to work with me. We gave up something else and I waited for him because we kind of really wanted to work together. We knew we could. And he, I said, Paul, I I think I really need to push this. So I have a very character driven sort of resume. Yeah. And um, I said, let's just go for it. He said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Blake went, yeah. And the only one that was slightly hesitant was, was Anna, but <laughs> her, that's part of her character anyway. Yeah. Right. Well, and you, you said something it, just in the brief email exchange we had that you, you, you asked about how it was talking to Paul and then you expressed that in working with him, you have such a great rapport because it's really easy and there's a good flow to it, but you also feel like you get to push your boundaries. And I wanted to hear about that process of like the initial, the inaugural process of you guys finding your working relationship, building this costume story together. You know, I have to say that um, in many ways, the costume designer, I think, politically speaking, is a very unheralded spot. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where mainly women, heterosexual, mm-hmm. I mean, homosexual, heterosexual, but women. Mm-hmm. Paul, okay. this is the answer to the question, however. Okay. Paul is so respectful. Mm-hmm. And he appreciates it so much. First of all, you have to understand, Paul, he comes fully clothed in saddle robe, 
every day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Every day. He even yeah. gave us that honor just, you know, in our yeah. Zoom call. So. On the Zoom call, like um, with, a, with a cane. Oh, the cane. And that's a very good story. I mean, you've probably read about that story, but I can tell you guys again. Yeah, if you want to give us the on-the-ground account of the cane, yeah. I think we're yeah, trying. We I think, yeah, I think part of the mission here is building the mythology of the cane out fully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we definitely would want to hear that. Girls. <laughs> <clears throat> Right. Well, they, they, the scene where they kiss, that martini mm-hmm. scene, she is in her, um, is in her, is in the dress that I then, I actually wanted to do the same dress on both girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I thought maybe that's actually kind of confusing that this mm-hmm. subtle people get it. It was exactly the same style dress in a different print. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I felt as though at that point, it seemed as though, you know, I put uh, Blake, I took her, I said, put that jacket just over your shoulder. There's something so sort of very subtly aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now it's like, whoa, you are cool and scary. <laughs> yeah. and yep. Wow. Yeah. Like, wow. You know, she's so compelling. Yeah. And and th- at that point, Anna's character was in her most feminine in a way mm-hmm. and um, and vulnerable and and went into the kiss. So it was it was a, it was a tableau. Yeah. Each of those. I mean, not only do you build a character and take them on an arc or they take them, they take a path. Um, you also want to do certain things like in the beginning. I said to, I said to Blake, I just want to do a, a dicky and some cuffs, and like, let's make it like a moment where you go, <gasps> like Anna's, yeah. Anna's yeah. character is like gasping, and then yeah. the audience literally gasped at the premiere. It was yep. with an audience. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, right? that is that is the sound. That exact sound that you make <laughs> is the sound that comes out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> and um, so, so it had it had its levels of impact, which was both cinematic, giving a hey ho to what costumes can actually do mm-hmm. if they're movable or, or alive-ish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Taken off, put on um, in a scene, and also how intimidating and fun that was, even though it was so completely heightened and. I just feel like in this movie, Blake's character is such a mystery throughout that often mm-hmm. the bulk of what we are getting from her is how she presents, which is what you what you put on her as costumes. Mm-hmm. And so it does, it carries so much of who this woman is, just mm-hmm. like she comes in and she rips off the, this outfit, but not in a way that feels like a, t- a typical type of, we're trying to ta- tantalize you type of striptease, yeah. but in a way where <laughs> she is fully just in command of your emotion in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she, I think that had a lot to, a lot with, um, I was afraid of that. And then she made it happen. She made mm. it sort of like the way in which it, she choreographed it, I would say. Mm. Okay. Worked in, in the aggression of like the end of the day aggression. And remember mm. the beginning of seeing her is stepping out of that 
car. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yes. <laughs> it's a bit it's mapped. Fondly. It's a bit mapped yeah. in there. And I had said to John Schwartzman, who's the d- director of photography, and he's brilliant. And he didn't need me going up to him, but of course, I'm. <laughs> and I went up to him and I said, listen to me. We are taking $1,000 Louboutin through the pouring rain that was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Take rain, you know, take after take after take. And she's going to be in this pinstripe suit and she's going to look unbelievable. And he goes, yeah, we'll start on the feet and we'll pan up. And he just got into his whole sort of, uh-huh. because he also did, does, or did Victoria's Secret commercials. That so makes knows, so much sense. Right? <laughs> oh my God. As they all admit it, as a problematic devotee of the Victoria's Secret fashion show, every year... <laughs> Every year I hosted the Carnitas and Models watch party where yeah. I would make a shitload of Carnitas and Mexican food. <laughs> everybody, everybody else would eat and I would just be glued to the fashion yeah. show. Yeah. And of course, during every fashion show, you roll out the annual Victoria's Secret Christmas commercials, which is their epic event, sometimes directed oh. by Michael Bay. So I, <laughs> I am sudden, it is clicking into place yeah. so crazy well right now. Wow. My, like you said previously, Christina, it turns out this movie touches all parts of our lives. It does. It never, <laughs> like it's that- consequences forever reaching into <laughs> our lives. Yep. That makes sense for like a subconscious level that wow. that mm-hmm. moment hits, like something that you don't even realize you're making that connection in your head you to what you've seen it, before. Right? Yeah. yeah, but exactly. in a different way because of the aggression with which she pursues this. Well, I love the I love the play of that with the cinematographer. Like, if he if he shot these commercials, he's definitely used to like the angels, and so though they're whole intention is to be wearing as little as possible to showcase the lingerie and then you do this with Blake and you you get an equal level if not greater power conveyed in this woman clad head to toe in thick serious fabric and you don't see her face even and yet you're like as Alana previously has said agog agog in that moment I think that he even slowed the film down if I'm not oh uh, yeah that was not in real time right Yeah. yeah I'm trying yeah. to think about why that, because I saw it again and I thought, that is some shot. That is so <laughs> Well, in, in that, like the Foley artistry too, where they add that particular knock of the Louboutins on the asphalt. Mm. So you don't really hear the rain in the forefront. You hear the knock of the heel on the ground and it kind of almost echoes out. So it, it's like, it's like you, and then you cut to, to Stephanie watching her and it's like her whole brain has emptied out of anything but processing her. Like she can't hear children or rain or traffic or buses. She's just seeing Blake and hearing her approach. Me and Miles have a play date today. Um, I don't know, sweetie. I think we need to ask your mommy and she's still in the city. She's right there. And so did you, you knew that was going to be our first look at Blake in the, our first look at Emily in the movie. Of course. That's a powerful thing to choreograph right there. Were you like, okay, we've got to come out. We've got, we're coming out with a splash. Like we've really got to assert something. Quite literally. It is a damp scene. I'll say that. It is. In expensive (laughs) shoes. I mean, we, I added a hat. I added way, way, a lot of, a lot of sort of accoutrement Uh to 
that you really wouldn't go pick up your kid, right? Certainly not. But the way in which the way in which her character absolutely did not want to fit into that suburban mm-hmm. yeah. law. Right. Story, there's no way she was, you know, she was way too mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what the word is. She was just Yeah. She yeah, she's like, I'll have she didn't she's care. She did not care. She's nope. like, I'll have your kid. I'll live in the suburbs, but just know that they're going to know that I am different than this. <laughs> I don't yeah. belong here. I'll make that quite clear. <laughs> well, it's yeah. an interesting visual comparison too, where we have somebody who we, who so desperately wants to, like Stephanie's whole thing is wanting to fit in. And Emily's whole thing is wanting to exist anathema to these hellish conformist circumstances she's around. And we have to read that immediately in them, which like, I, one of my favorite things about the beginning of the movie is the contrast just in shoes. We have the Louboutins on Blake, and then we have those little practical heeled rain boots on Anna. With the and socks. With the socks, with the, socks. With the Target socks. <laughs> and so, like, you know Where how you're- those boots and heels, by the way. Mm, it is. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to make it flats. I got to give her some that's, boots. You did the, yeah. That, that's exactly how, like, we talked about the sort of, li- like, shopping like shopping with like an aesthetic that feels like 2012 it feels like <laughs> stephanie would definitely have been like you know i'm gonna have fun with it i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a little heel like she would have <laughs> wanted to add that pop for her something special the thing the thing with um her character is that <clears throat> she's trying so hard as mm-hmm. well yes. she's a mommy vlogger trying mm-hmm. to be like not only clever but adorable, yeah, healing, and nobody likes her. And in a way, she also also is hiding this horrible mystery in mm-hmm. her life mm-hmm. or or history, and uh, you know, making do, making mm-hmm. do with pies and little cats and. <laughs> embroidered this and embroidered that, which those mommy vloggers do, oh. you know. I have, yes. I have the ground, yeah, that is something that, like, as you have heard listening to our, our previous costumes episode, like, we are very intrigued by Stephanie's progression in this mm-hmm. movie through the costumes, because it does feel like she takes little baby steps towards more, like, quote-unquote sophistication, even just when she's moving into Sean's house. And then at the end, could you talk a little bit about, like, what that, what planning out that progression for her looks like? Yeah. Uh, and especially that final look, like, we have uh, Emily in that final kind of housewifey look, and then we have, but we, but Stephanie's is just as important with the way that she is presenting herself at the end. Well, I felt that, I felt that um, the, this, there was awe that Anna had. She, as a mommy vlogger, had this sort of insecurity while she was just plain mommy mm-hmm. and playing, and not playing it, being it. Yeah. Sitting into a, a suburban, there's a lot of pressure in suburban housewifery. Mm-hmm. Um, who works, who doesn't work, who signs up, all that sort of, sort of whatever, uh, the suburban life pressure and I think that she as the the plot thickened literally what what started happening I feel was she was you know a Barnard educated person mm-hmm. what I wanted to do was I wanted to I said to her look this is a really smart woman who is now after the infatuation with this woman and kissing right. him a thing and 
dress trying to be like her and being shown a beautiful modern house and like oh wow like being awed mm-hmm. attracted seducted mm-hmm. uh all those things she, there was a snap back when reality hit and she she went whoa and her sort of smartness came about mm-hmm. so i wanted to take her when she went on her journey of discovery into really practical clothes she didn't mm. change that whole time right days away they didn't want it to be about cute anything it was all yeah. just like practical you know get get the info done and then when she got it and uncovered it she started playing that game that invite back to the cemetery was like okay game on mm-hmm. you you know you call me a brother fucker and i call you a <laughs> Sister killer. Sister killer. Sister killer. I mean, they're, and they're, you know, they are. No, you're a sister killer. You're a brother fucker. (laughs) They are. Yeah, no. Only facts. Very accurate. Only facts. Only facts (laughs) for those two. And how could they be so incredibly appealing? And we love them. (laughs) (laughs) That's another Paul Feig thing with no Mm -hmm. judgment. Yeah. No judgment. We could tell this story. Mm -hmm. And I have something funny to say because. Every actor showed up, and I'm sorry I can't remember everybody's name. Um, but when uh, the triplets' mother, when mm. Blake's character, oh, oh, yeah, oh, Jean oh, Smart, Jean Smart, yeah, Smart, who is mm-hmm. unbelievable. So yes, every character that showed up, um, uh, the designer, they would go, they would see me first because I'm the first line. I'm like uh-huh. the first line of meeting with everybody okay After they're cast and paul loves them and blah, blah, blah. then they meet me then we talk about the character and everybody said to me well so what is this movie <laughs> <laughs> so is it a comedy they say right is it a th- no <laughs> everybody that read and acted in this movie would see me and ask me they haven't even <laughs> met me right i want to know from me like what are we doing I love that especially because they had already agreed and oh, then they got there and they were like, so wait. Just so by the way, if, what if just follow like a quick question. question. <laughs> How horrible is that? Don't you think that's entirely human? It's yeah. like, yes. here? Okay, I'm out on a limb. Oh, wow. What? Um, what? what? Right. Yeah, Paul like, I don't want to ask him because that's a director and that's embarrassing, <laughs> yeah. but I have this meeting coming up and maybe I can just kind of throw it in. I know. <laughs> what am I doing? It's kind of a but leap of faith. They call that, right? Right. He wants them. Yeah. They're flattered. They come mm-hmm. We have an intelligent yeah. conversation and they go, so. I would love to know about your initial conversation with Rupert Friend as knowing <laughs> he was going to be Dennis Nylon. Like, oh please, please tell us about Dennis Nylon. Dennis Nylon was absolutely really fun. <laughs> uh, Agreed. <laughs> Okay, number one, they're not Indonesian children. They are Vietnamese teenagers. Number two, Tom Ford wishes he were me. And number three, if I'm tacky, okay, you're... This has been fun. I showed him pictures. There's a designer that was designing uh, for some French designer. And he wore this T-shirt that was very low and very sexy. And I said, well, you'll pull up your pants and you'll be just so obnoxious and fabulous. <laughs> and you got fabulous. Like, just, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she doesn't even talk to him. Yeah. 
No, she uh, talks at him. Emily talks at him and castrates him. That's I mean, what, that's Emily's yeah. relationship with Dennis Nylon. With men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's also true. Okay, this is how you handle a man. You treat them really like shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dennis, sweetie, let's try this again. Um, okay, I want you to go home and chill the fuck out and don't ever call me again. Bye. <laughs> they, they need it, in fact. <laughs> they do. So when you're, when you're dressing, when you're dressing Rupert for Dennis Nylon, is that like for these kind of cameo roles, like with Gene Smart and, and with, with uh, Rupert Friend, is it like, okay, I have a really strong idea of what I want to do here? Or is that like, all right, I have a strong idea. What is your, like, now that we're surrounded by clothes or options, I, I don't know how it works. You know, this is how we're going to put you together and sort of, is there perception of their character influencing how you're dressing them when well, it comes yes. down to it? Okay. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Jean Smart is a pro. I mean, oh. for example, she's came in and, uh, you know, we had a, we had a really nice dialogue. I mean, there's a problem with people that show up, these small parts that show up and with not enough time for us, they rush, right. they rush that. So that's just a boring background problem. <laughs> but I usually try to send them things. I'll send them images. I'll send them, I'll send them in, I'll send them research. Mm -hmm. But she came and she said, I want to take this horrible wig and I want to scratch it. <laughs> you know, I should make the wig. And, uh, and then she wants to stains down the front and she didn't think it was stained enough. She took her coffee and put stains down, which you actually don't do to costumes. Right. You know? okay. <laughs> it was like, okay. insane. My crew is running to me and going, I said, don't, don't. Troubles would have been a vacation. Oh, that child came straight from hell. That's a very strong statement for a mother. Are you a mother? Yes. I love every minute of it. Aw. <laughs> then you must have brain damage. It's a thankless business. And some children are just born rotten. You're like, we're not <laughs> stopping Jean Smart. We're not. Yeah, just leave her alone. And <laughs> so if the stains don't match, and we have to make five of them overnight. You know, <laughs> uh, but um, so yes, I think there's there's a certain amount of input. He wanted to take it far. We wanted to take it far. Good. Um, and I just, you know, when you get it right and you can help them put the skin on it, put yeah. the outer layer. I know this is like corny and you hear it all the time, but it's really true. You see it in the dressing room. The character comes alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I have a story like uh, I have an old, old Johnny Depp story. And it's oh, wow. so funny, but it's really true. Where I went in to get him boots on a, I worked with him on, on, um, on What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Right, God, yeah. And to get work boots at the, you know, the Army Navy store. And I'm looking at these new boots. And a guy comes in and he's got these old shitty boots and he wants to buy a new pair. And I go, what size are you? <laughs> and he tells me the size, it's Johnny's size. I said, can I buy you a new pair and figure your old? Because <laughs> yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> put those boots on and turned into that character. And he said it and it's corny, but wow. true. That's amazing. Sometimes the best things in life are true and corny all at once. <laughs> yeah. As a very, as a very sincerity-oriented person, I love that. <laughs> it's so simple. It's true. Sometimes the simplest things are actually true. Well, well it's set up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank it's, you. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting, like what Alana was pointing out earlier, like there is so much 
we there's such a story being told with each of them in place of of words coming out in, in lieu of explaining their like overloading us with exposition we have to see so much in the armor that these people put on each other so you the costume designer is is a first line of character development like totally. you know how many yeah. times do you hear from from actors yes giving their interviews about roles where they're like well i know when i put on when i put on that cape I know I'm ready to go. When I have my right. wig on, I'm in. Like when, you know, like when, when you, you know, when Jessica Jones puts those Jessica Jones jeans on Kristen Ritter, she's fucking <laughs> Jessica Jones. And so like, and it, it's so specific with these characters. Like Anna Kendrick is indeed not dressed like a mommy blogger. And, you know, Blake Lively isn't living her life, even though she very well could in men's suiting. So I would imagine there is like a pretty big click over when those things, you know, those things put are put on your body, your armor gets put on, you're, you're sort of, ready to go into the theater you're ready to you're ready to do the job well i think also it's that sort of like it becomes a sort of um now that you're talking about it, it i think it's sort of a safe place mm. to to sort of get into character because if you think about how mm -hmm. delicate that is mm -hmm. or how revealing that could be Absolutely. or or difficult if you have to know your lines all, all that tenderness that's why I never push. I, I am mm. very collaborative because it's delicate. Mm -hmm. And so in that, I want it to be a safe place whereby something like, I don't know, something like a shirt or a shoe or a suit could inform you. And you could mm -hmm. have like a where you go, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I could say that word, mother. Blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> I am liberated to say these, like Paul was telling us on when we had him on that, you know, Blake does not really swear and she doesn't really drink and she's a semi-alcoholic, like cursing like a sailor in a movie like this. And when she has her men's Ralph Lauren suits on, you know, I would imagine that helps with sort of unlocking going yeah. to a place of character we're like no it's not me well and, and when you have like you said such limited time with with smaller roles on set yeah. it's kind of like all right i'm rupert friend i've only got so much time to do this i put my cravat on i'm going to be <laughs> dennis nylon now like by the way he asked for a really big um he was the one that asked for uh at the funeral i don't know if you've noticed this i'm sure you all have but um he has an embroider a monogram hanky that he uh, yes <laughs> did notice <laughs> but could you just get me that please that was a detail he requested yeah. yeah i really love that i think that's incredible <laughs> yeah and I, Sarah, before i met him i didn't know how easy it was going to go because it's kind of like we had this complicated thing we were in toronto and getting things and he was in long island and you know when he could come and he wanted us to come to him and mm -hmm. i was just thinking Oh dear, you know, so, <laughs> you know, you always have a problem child, <laughs> and, you know, like in two seconds, it was just, you know, it was his only request. Otherwise he was in heaven. <laughs> I love it because, oh, sorry, go, for go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was going to say the Rupert Friend character, especially like he was such a joy to witness in this movie because I think of him as this very like theater of a like like mm -hmm. British actor this very serious British actor and here he was with like a spray tan <laughs> and I think of him as an assassin of in, an, an assassin in Homeland so like <laughs> yeah. that's right that's, that's right acting. That's yeah, like very prestige film, prestige movies, right. and and this I think we as we were talking about 
I think there's like a, a complete lack of snobbery in Paul's movies, yeah. which is part of mm-hmm. what really attracts me to them. Mm-hmm. And so like that kind of character, that kind of man in a movie like this, playing this kind of character, just it, it's like a punch of joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that that's very, very accurate, really perceptive. And I think one of the things that Paul does is that, um, I mean, he's just made up this way. He is really egalitarian. He Mm -hmm. is like an equal everybody, you know, when he respects you or he, he just doesn't bring a judgment. And I feel like um, I try not to do that also. I don't Mm -hmm. judge characters i go for those characters yeah mm-hmm. I, and part of it was ha- the happiness of being with paul who said mm-hmm. yeah let's you know yeah you always want an aspirational movie right mm-hmm. you always want to aspire to like i feel you even if you killed your sister and even if you fucked your brother yeah hard to look like them (laughs) (laughs) which you know look it happens sometimes you can't control everything in life but you still want to have that suit for when you have a -a tete-a-tete in a graveyard i understand and i i feel like we the graveyard yes please do tell us everything about the graveyard every single thing (laughs) was a riot did paul talk about it at all to you we we did yeah bit, we yeah we talked about like choreograph we talked about the cane and like choreographing the dialogue heavy nature of it and how they struggled with weather that day and oh, they were yeah. trying to shoot the gaps in between rain and stuff and I we would oh love God. to hear your perspective. There was so much tension on the set, besides the girls' confrontation. So often what happens is you'll have you'll have a mood of a scene happening at the scene mm-hmm. and, you know, while you're while you're shooting a scene in that they're geared up for this you know confrontation she's right. invited her in full regalia i would say <laughs> yes for a martini yes like a real like i got you on yep. this one <laughs> and i wanted her to be fierce in her way um so so uh they arrived and there was some dialogue stuff and then uh Blake, Paul had, uh, you know, his cane. He has mm-hmm. a cane mm-hmm. and he has a cane holder on his seat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Did <laughs> not tell us that detail. And that's yeah. incredible to know. <laughs> yeah. And she sees it and it's this, you know, skull head. Um, so uh, she sees it. I want to I wanna use the cane. This is after a whole thing with a dialogue. It's half a day. The second half was the funeral at the same Mm. right okay yeah Yeah. so that would have been the same setup yeah So er everyone's nervous because there's a schedule and everybody's gonna set up a whole other thing and change and different people and the way in which shooting works is complicated Mm -hmm. and she decides she wants to use the cane and paul says you can't just pick up a cane and walk (laughs) so there was cane teaching (laughs) i can tell you how nervous everybody around the set was and they were learning (laughs) she was learning because you have to put it down with the opposite foot you know you have to okay oh sure there's a a way to walk with a cane Uh uh-huh and so she did that and you know just to be more intimidating i mean you wear (laughs) a white pinstripe suit i said let's just put a cummerbund and untie your thing there was there was a shirt underneath right right i did have a shirt just because i could say that 
sure. we were completely open as to not be you know to be more subtle oh, right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that could be that's subtle. the first word i think of when i think of that outfit it's a subtle sure. scene it's a subtle scene yeah a subtle scene in a subtle uh suit <laughs> <laughs> understated now, it was just uh, it just that was very choreographed again and yeah. also mm-hmm. you know that was this tableau that i thought about a lot mm-hmm. her like, longer mm-hmm. scene uh, Anna's character in the longer dress and a tougher heel and a silhouette and then the silhouette of this sort of like you know I don't care this is gonna you know I don't care how this works how this mm-hmm. comes out um for Blake's character and the sort mm-hmm. of they were both at their heightened aggression uh and combat he convinced me we could pull it off, you know, that her DNA would do the rest. I don't believe you. He grieved for you. Oh, you believe that? Oh, that was all an act. You're a pathological liar. Did Sean say that? Cool. I'm just gonna play this tune real quick. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. A thing I want, I've been wondering about what, like, because, um, like, once you once you settle on the notion of, like, because obviously the movie's been written and you're on board, once you settle on the notion of, like, the suiting, and you you get access to the Ralph Lauren Club, these are these are developments, these are facts you're getting as you go. So it's yes. sort of a question of what comes first, the scene or the suit. So like, as you're going through this closet, are you being like, you know what, I see this in this moment, I see this in this moment, or is it like, you know what, I want to hold on to this, and we're going to find a place for it. Like this is such a this is such a specific look, particularly in the graveyard. Not to mention the opening look and the gray wool suit look when they're on the couch together. Like we're along in the process where it was like, I know exactly where this look is going to be deployed because it just is so the 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 complementary nature between the power looks in this movie and the power moves that these characters are doing in these particular scenes is incredible the precision kills precision kills yeah i think that i think that with this we had really really the chance again because those scenes were the just the two of them yeah to really create and go for the look and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I do it that way and they were on board that way. Got it. Um, probably there was another choice for Anna at one point, but I doubt mm-hmm. it. It was all very, very specific to the scene. Okay. And you know, in many ways, uh, as a costume designer, you it's so visual yeah. and, this, and the storytelling of it that you know what's happening in a scene. Yeah. Like they have to keep the thread of what's happening in a scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in the back of her mind, she didn't know that stuff, but then she knew it. Right. So you have to you have to have that sort of um play together. I, I like to have it worked out. I I like to yeah. have work as much of that out as possible for its most uh effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Visual and storytelling wise. Mm-hmm. And that usually goes together. One of the fascinating things, uh, one of the things that I love about these costumes is you have the all of these suits that we love to talk about, but you also have these moments, uh, especially in flashback uh, on the plane mm-hmm. or in the present day when she's uh, when she's confronting Sean in the in the diner where she's kind of at her peak, like I'll say psychopath, where she is like, I'm going to show you. Oh, am I going to show you? Also, yeah. let's flirt. Also, <laughs> let's go have sex in the bathroom. Right. Uh, and also, yeah. and the scene with her with her sister where she's much more. Uh, kind of 
the sub of the situation she's she's met her the person who kind of trumps her uh like what was your thinking in these non-suit kind of scenes and mm -hmm. also we do like and when you were talking about uh, not emphasizing her legs in this movie. Like, yeah. we only really do get one glimpse, and it is in that uh, that plane scene. So, like, what made you choose that as the scene where we mm, get yeah. what you were I, talking I about? Thought that, I thought that that was a good place to put it, uh, that it brought her younger. It mm. brought her a little, a little more, like, preppy. He brought her back to England. It was, right. a, play on, it was a play on that, and it, was a, and it was a good way for him to you know fuck her in the bathroom basically right yeah well, sure yeah of course yeah, <laughs> yeah. practical Please. only yeah. practical Pra yeah. nothing but practicality <laughs> how easy can we do this <laughs> which is the same thing that happened when the brother came home without no. right <laughs> enough that that also you think about what's that going to take to make mm -hmm. that scene right work really well be right for the character Go back in time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Be be specific to the socioeconomic place that she came from. Right, right. Everything was taken in. All those things are taken in. But to go forward when she when she was uh, going back to see her sister, I really wanted to start first. She started with what would she wear? What's her weekend clothes? And they yeah. were like Louis Vuitton boots and those <laughs> things and pretty fabulous stuff. Mm -hmm. Afterward, afterwards, when she came to the cafe to mm -hmm. see John, I felt that part of that girl had to look like what she was as a teenager. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was That's reference really from like had she grown up and stayed in that town or whatever, mm -hmm. she would have worn that hat. That that <laughs> absolutely would have worn that hat. <laughs> I I kind of thought the whole thing because then we had the army jacket. Yeah. You know, it just had a, yep. it just, again, it just felt like mm -hmm. the girl who tattooed herself and they mm -hmm. went and they were beach girls. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. also I thought a lot about what the girls looked like when yeah. the young twins were being played. We went through a lot of, who are these kids? Mm -hmm. Who are these kids that come from this big house? They're abused kids. They're like, yeah. They're abused yeah. and they're like, they're identical and you have to have the audience be able to differentiate immediately which one is the character we are following. Exactly. And, and who was the, who was the alpha twin? Mm -hmm. Most yeah. which then switched. Mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that influenced everything too. I mean, it all, all gets, you know, taken apart, like you're taking it apart, but prior to doing it, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what I love is the critique afterwards that you get it all. I mean, it's just well, one of one of my favorite one of my favorite like looks in the whole movie is when she is when Emily's truly on the lamb, and it's the it's the when she's gonna go out and throw catch the wrench with her face, and she's wearing kind of everything. Like she's yeah. wearing every phase of her at the same time, and it seems like it's like where am I in this outfit? Like, I don't <laughs> fucking know. So I'm just gonna yeah. put it all on right now. Like, there's such a desperation to how much of a yes. hodgepodge she is in that look. Yes. I really like how it's such a, it's just a melting pot of every one of her styles. Yeah, I think that that, you know, that worked for that. The plaid, the pinstripe, which was not, was a duster. Yeah. Yep. Another thing, it was her idea, however, to take out pearls and put them on before the... <laughs> 
came down. We just like, <laughs> just in such a, it's just such a chef's kiss moment. <laughs> she is, she was, you know, Blake would call me at all times of the day. She <laughs> would go, I'm just thinking about this thing and I'm thinking about, and I'll tell you, there was a scene that was cut out that I wish I could show you the costumes for this. We did. We already regret that we've never seen them. Oh my yes. God. I, I wish we could get permission. You have to get Blake on next. Oh yeah. And see if she can talk about her, her sexy, taunting, plastic, slightly. Uh, yeah, she, I put her in a neoprene see-through tank. And I, <laughs> the faces we're all making right now. I just need oh everyone God, in the audience to think about <laughs> it. I just fully fell out of the frame of the Zoom. You die. And Paul cut it out. I don't know. Paul. <laughs> we have to talk to him again. We've got to get him back <laughs> on the line. You've got to get him like a, you know, the sort of uh, end of this, end of the movie additional scenes. Yeah. It's the post-mortem on the post-mortem is what we need Paul back. <laughs> Knowing what we know now. <laughs> also, the fact that you're dragging it up from 2018. So, you know, <laughs> it's out for like whatever. And it's fun. And we're very, we are very proud. The, the filmmakers. You should are, be. Are really proud. He just sent me something that was also just written. And I can't remember what it was from. And it said, the saddest thing of the 2000 because everyone's seeing it now on yeah you know is that renee kalfas wasn't nominated for a an academy as we have discussed. i think a thing we all have tweeted like jointly Constantly. and just like separately yeah. just yeah. like yeah. At in a association date. with the show and also on our individual own have yeah, expressed we all that feel fully actually, and passionately about this i have <laughs> actually had the most interviews i had people from literally Australia, everywhere interviewing me about the costumes. They were fascinating. It, it, it struck a note Yes, so many people. And I actually spoke to the, uh, both, um, both the head of the guild um, and I were in um, London at the same time. I was doing Last, uh, Last Christmas with Paul. Mm, right. And I said, you know, I'm really pissed off at the guild to not get a nod for this. I'm sorry. But you know, what's up? Why? Because I'm a New Yorker? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pissed off at the Academy, so we're, there's know, a, well, we're I'm angry. Academy and I couldn't get myself nominated. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am so happy to bring to the people the reality of the neoprene tank top that we didn't get to enjoy. Yeah, uh, that we now that the people deserve to know. I, I haven't even begun to process it. If I'm being fully honest, let's <laughs> go get there. this for it, weeks it, and months. It was a pink, pinkish. It was like a dusty pink. Uh huh. Close my eyes. What may I ask? What sh what the context of that even was? <laughs> it was a, supposed to be a, a, you know, I can't remember now whether it was him thinking of her like a flashback in somebody's mind and i guess okay he, uh, it wasn't it was like a an an imagine he, he imagining her gotcha so we took it it wasn't like she would do that for him. got it okay it was a it was his fantasy of like wow but okay. we make it more like our fantasy blake and i 
Right. Sure. I mean, one of the, I think one of the things that has been most satisfying about the process of doing any of the episodes we've done so far is hearing how much eager energy Blake brought to this role. Like to hear how proactively involved she was at so many turns in shaping Emily in having this be a role that really subverts a lot of what people know or expect of her has been yeah. a really delightful thing to hear about. That, that has just been so much fun to Me know. Too. And big kudos for her. And the truth is, yeah, it's really, really annoying for any of us to pin, you know, put somebody in a box. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, what do you know? She's got, you know, like, an endless talent in any of us. Like, what? Why do we think that she's just that? And oh. uh, or why do they think that I can only do design that? Right. Mm-hmm. Used to say, well, you can't do a superhero movie. I go, why? Well, oh, oh, excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Well, I feel like yeah. this is. A, you have the resume. Yeah. <laughs> like, Come okay, on. you want to tell me what I can do and I can't do? I don't think that's fair. Well, can so, we can, can we inquire about? I mean, certainly there will be limits, but you and Paul are working together again. You've done Simple Favor and Last Christmas, and you're are you in early collaborative stages? Are you in advanced collaborative we are stages? Very early, early. Pre, it's called soft prep, and the interesting okay. thing. Okay. I don't know that it's been announced yet. Okay. Interesting thing with Paul, and he would love to gab about it. <laughs> And I'll bring it up. The post postmortem. The post postmortem when we have him again. Yeah. Post postmortem, but you could do pre mortem. Is there a pre mortem? I'm ready to turn this into a franchise where we uh, we do the making of pro like special series on Paul's next movie. That would be awesome. I'm in. I think he's a fascinating modern thinker. Yeah. I think he's a really uh, fluid guy. I think he's right there. I think he's fair. I think he's got such multi-talent and, and he can tap into it. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. interesting that you can um, operate, for example, that movie, deliver that movie on all those levels. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. What Paul? It's like, wow. Because I say to him, you know, look, let's do this, but it's, it's you know, you're going to make it great. In the moment, you're going to like, Tell people what to, you know, he's just so talented. He's just so talented. I, I will, I, I will, I did like just one, one parting thing that I did want to end on with you was to just say that like, uh, like you said, like Paul is, the collaborative spirit that it sounds like comes with a Paul Feig, like it, it, it makes, it is completely reasonable that people would say yes to a Paul Feig movie and not actually know what they're, or understand That's what right. they're signing up for That's because right. they're like, oh, it's a Paul Feig movie. And I can believe completely in the project because he's he's the maestro and it is so exciting to hear from what you have said and and I and you know we will get the chance to to be speaking with Jessica Scharzer as well and to just hear to to know that a movie that that we all love so much was such a product of everybody mutually expecting one another and working with each other to enhance the greatness of the film and therefore the experience bolsters like the quality of the product. That's just so nice. What a, what a bonus to, bonus to know that. I've told Paul I'm only working with him from now on. I literally said that. And the other thing that- I love that. To know about that, it, it, the, the producer, I mean the director, really, really sets the tone. Mm-hmm, 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 absolutely. 
you know, so he can bring out, he really brings it out in everybody and everybody wants to work with him. He's very highly regarded and all for the right reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And guess what? He's really nice. Like <laughs> he seems so nice. Like, wow. So far we can confirm. Yes. yes. So far can <laughs> confirm. I mean, they're really, really respectful. I think the thing for me uh, as a costume designer where I've battled many, many battles, mm-hmm. to, you know, approval of things and, you know, to have somebody be so collaborative and mm-hmm. positive uh, yeah. is a, it, it, it's great freedom and it, I think it brings the best out in you. Mm-hmm. I think it did agree. here in this case, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> Okay, well, you love it. I love that you love it. <laughs> yeah, if That's you, the whole um, brand. We just yeah, love it. <laughs> unless you have, unless you have any more, unless you have any more anecdotes we'd like to share, we will, we will relinquish you to. We'll your relinquish night. you into the night with the raccoon. So, so with the raccoon. Escape the raccoon. <laughs> I know. I think they they're pretty aggressive. I don't want to. Get... <laughs> well, listen. I just. Uh, I know. Maybe we'll be on one coast at one point. We could all, you know try on a suit or something absolutely i think that sounds incredible yeah i will wear a mask i will wear a hazmat suit whatever it takes i will make i will participate in this yes like please tailor this suit over this hazmat suit yeah that would be an absolute dream (laughs) i think we're gonna have to i think we're gonna have to do a harris tweed hazmat suit maybe (laughs) that sounds incredible (laughs) thank you so much for joining us and talking about this today it's been so nice meeting you and you've been so generous with your time and thank you for helping us be thank you for helping us make this celebration even better and for helping make this so much more intricately involved than we ever thought it would be so really thank you. It really be. Tr- and thank you thank you for thank you for cost your costuming work on yes. a simple favor oh my gift. god thank a you so much thank keep you it going keep it keep it fun keep it going it's really really fun thank you we really appreciate that and we yes. will follow we will take that mandate so thank you very much <laughs> Very, very seriously. Thank you, Renee. You have a <laughs> good night. Thank you, Renee. Nice have meeting you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. So I think we did. I think we did great work today, guys. I think we did great work as today. ever. Incredibly stellar energy and it. work. And Renee, a delight. I, yeah. An icon. And and I like this. This came about. Renee came about. Everybody because. Uh, when Greg's Greg Lubin, who is Paul Feig's assistant, very kindly reached out to say Paul would like to be on the podcast, uh, he was like, "We could also put you in touch with Renee if you'd like," which was immediately like, "Oh, talk to the point person about the most fundamental aspect of this movie by way of like the the design and aesthetic of yeah, that would be awesome." <laughs> yeah, our gayest episode that's not about queerness, that is <laughs> yeah. just about costumes. Yeah, we'd love to talk to the the mastermind behind that. We would love to do that, and so and and she has been really really lovely in setting this up, and she's just she too like like us like Paul, and I I, I imagine like so many of you just seems to love this movie, and it is so yeah. it's so much fun talking to Hollywood people about something they just straight up love, and they're not yep. obligated by contracts yes. to discuss something that's yes the, the, yeah they're not it's way exactly. past the press it's well loved they it's a little they behind didn't... it's like you yes. like, get to look in the rear view a little bit mm-hmm. and be like oh yeah that was like a super fun yeah. time and like here's some stuff i got to think about it rocks yeah there's there's none of the veneer that you see in press tours sometimes where it's like they kind of <laughs> yeah. they were required to do this well and and, and that it too like it's a like two years old is is a nice window of t- it's not mm-hmm. like so this thing you made 10 years ago and mm-hmm. i'm going to ask you what you did that day at work two years a nice two clean years. two mm-hmm. and i to 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 hear 
to hear about the cane holder in Paul's chair, I think mm-hmm. adds so much texture mm-hmm. to the entire cane experience. To the entire yeah, the various cane stories, like the building of the cane, um, I'm gonna say mythos, yes, uh, has been yes. really beautiful, yes. I think. Um, and you know, you guys are gonna get to hear even more about that mm-hmm. in our next week's episode, which is really exciting for you and was really exciting for us. Yep. The, the oh what, God. like, that I that I have more that I keep finding more things to love about this movie, it just really reinforces yeah. why we're here. It keeps on giving, yeah. It's the favor that keeps on saving. (laughs) I do need to Google what neoprene is. It's like what wetsuits are made of. It's like a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. But it will haunt me. She said like translucent. There was the word. It was translucent. And it was translucent. And it was plastic. plastic. Like none of those things make sense to be one conceptual (laughs) outfit or even item I need to see a picture. I need to see 20 pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Never enough pictures. The the bling ring, but it's us stealing those pictures. <laughs> I'll be Tysa Farmiga and bring my lip gloss, and that really sounds like tries. a plan. I call yeah, Emma Watson. Of course, you're the Emma Watson. Oh. I can't wait till you're crying on the on the phone. <laughs> like I'm sorry, we did it. We did it. It just was us. We just wanted the photos. <laughs> Um, if you guys would like to talk to us about, you know, neoprene outfits, yeah. do you have a favorite neoprene outfit that you wear in your daily life? Yeah. Are you a person who wears a wetsuit a lot? <laughs> I don't know. You can join us at the hashtag a simple pod where we will be gabbing when this episode is released and often sometimes before and after mm-hmm. because I can't control when people listen to podcasts. Sometimes <laughs> they don't listen to them when they drop. That's not my business. If you want to talk to us personally about any other thing that you could think of, you can always find me tweeting what too much at C underscore Grace <laughs> And you can find me at Jor Crew on Twitter and if you just can't get enough of my voice, you can listen to me at Disaster Girls as well, where I talk with my friend Amanda about disaster yes. movies. So you can check that listen out. Listen to Disaster Girls. Yeah, listen to it. Join up. <laughs> and Alana? You can find, yeah, you can find me at, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alana Bennett, A-L-A-N-N-A. B-N-N-A-T-T. I love that part. I love that part when we get to where you spell it out. It's very lyrical and satisfying. It is really satisfying. And one day I'll be able to spell it. Today's not that day, but we'll get there. <laughs> Listen, I don't know why my family had to add the extra T when Pride and Prejudice would have made it so easy for everyone to just automatically know, but that's, that's where, where we are. are. Uh, you can find me there if you want to watch Roswell, New Mexico yeah! on Netflix. All it's right. there as well. And it's got it's got some some queer aliens and some cowboys and some lots of feelings. And- <laughs> <laughs> Those are the things we like. There it is. so yeah thank you once again everyone for tuning in and joining us thank you so much to renee ehrlich kalfas for uh making the pod that much better with your presence and we will surely see you all next episode yeah okay bye Bye, moms. moms